1: welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Akila Hughes joins to talk about Aunt Becky's schadenfreude atastic college bribery scandal. Then, Tian Tran, Grace Para, and Michaela Watkins are in studio with me to talk about all the ways gossip is destructive and seductive. And then, as always, the hills will die on. just to start with a little housekeeping if you want to submit a hill you'll die on you can record a 30 second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com also merch wise guys we hear you you want merch we are working on it i promise you and uh, as soon as we have updates about more specifics i will let you know but we are definitely working on it let's get to it Hi, Akela. Hi there. There you are. Hello. How are you doing?
2: I am good. I just like really overslept this morning. I thought daylight savings time was working out for me, and then now I'm. <laughs> I'm, <over laughs> it. I'm like, oh god, I canceled on like three friends this morning. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I can't wake up. I'm dead. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta
1: listen to your body, man. You gotta listen to your body. Yesterday, sure. <laughs> yesterday, I was, uh, I was sleeping peacefully and a dog ran across my face oh my gosh i read about that on twitter are you okay do you have peripheral vision anymore i'm i'm totally fine my I still can't quite see all the way peripherally out of my right eye, but it's fine. It was oh, like, man. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. This. the main reason I keep telling the story is because like the sentence, a dog ran over my face is just like a funny, <laughs> <laughs> it's something I've never said before. It's like, ooh, this is a new combination of words that I've never, ever uttered in my life. So it's like mm-hmm. the novelty of the experience of having a dog run over your face and the experience of telling people that you had a dog run over your face. It's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. I, yeah. I felt. I think the, the dog felt pretty bad. The dog didn't mean to. He's a good boy. Um, it was yeah, I hope a, that he's sorry. <laughs> he's he's very sorry. Akila, the the Germans have some good words. One of them, Zeitgeist. I really like Zeitgeist. Kindergarten, very descriptive. Um, yeah, but I think my favorite is Schadenfreude. same hard same schadenfreude happiness at misfortune of others shameful joy And uh, I felt it in waves yesterday.
2: (laughs) I'm trying to disguise it, but I really cannot.
1: We're both over here, like giggling (laughs) about people getting arrested, and it's funny because you and I are like both like, please arrest fewer people. Okay, actually arrest these people. Yeah,
2: like (laughs) okay, I'll make a few exceptions. Okay,
1: yes, actually arrest these people. Um, Yesterday, 50 people nationwide were arrested in the largest college admissions scam ever. Prosecuted by the DOJ, uh, dubbed Operation Varsity Blues. Have you seen, <laughs> Operation Varsity Blues. I don't have you seen the movie? I've never I never watched that movie. All I know is that there's like a whipped cream bra and a guy dies from getting hit on the head. But
2: like what is Oh it? yeah. I have seen it. Uh, well, so I'm from the South. Uh, you're from the Midwest. I'm from the South where every pep rally, they would do like the cheers and chants from the movie. So it made me very happy that this was something that just had to keep coming back. Like there's not been another college movie since 1999. Totally.
1: totally. It's a throwback. And you know that millennials were involved in this prosecution. If it's called yeah. Operation Varsity Blues, this is <laughs> this is our schadenfreude college admissions scandal case. Um, it is. So the people, including the people that are among the people who were arrested were two SAT, ACT administrators, one exam proctor, nine coaches at elite schools, one college administrator and 33 parents, including Felicity Huffman and Aunt Becky and (laughs) and Mr. And Mr. Aunt Becky, fashion designer, Massimo Giannulli. Mm-hmm. Um, William H. Macy, who is uh, Felicity Huffman's husband, was not charged, uh, but he's named in the indictment. So here's also just to add to that. Yeah, it is his
2: birthday today. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this story gets better and better. I mean, worse and worse, but also better and better. Right,
1: right. It's a, it's. It was it was a huge bust and it it netted uh, a lot of people besides the famous names, you know, a lot of like CEOs, people who had their own consulting companies, financial dudes, all kinds of people. And what happened? Napa Vineyards. Napa Vineyards. (laughs) Oh, Wellness companies. (laughs) Chef's kiss, you know. Chef's kiss. Uh, So what happened was these parents were engaging in uh, in in business with a fake charity run by a guy named Rick Singer. The charity was called Edge College and Career Network LLC. And the fake charity basically allowed kids who did not deserve to be in elite schools to get in. And it did that by bribing coaches, bribing Uh, assigning doubles to take tests for the kids uh, and bribing test proctors and also bribing college administrators. What's really funny to me about this is like every step of the way, uh, Rick Singer was like, you know what? It's crimey, but not crimey enough. Are there other crimes? <laughs> like, can we throw in some other crimes? Can we let's do OK, fake charity. That's pretty shitty. That's a shitty thing to do. But like, how yeah. about we also bribe coaches to take spots from kids that deserve
2: those spots? Like, yeah, good. God. And like beyond that, like Photoshop photos of your children playing a sport that they don't even know how to play. Yes. Like the desperation. I mean, it couldn't be me. I'm just saying that was
1: that was a water polo player. Correct. That so was a, a kid, yeah. well a not a non water polo player who was trying to <laughs> yeah, project a kid posing with a stick. <laughs> Do they have sticks in water polo? It seems real dangerous. I think it's just hands. It's hands. is and... it?
2: I have? N- See that's the thing. I could never get away with the scam because I have no idea.
1: <laughs> there's like there's like a Photoshop picture of Aquila playing uh, <laughs> playing lacrosse, rugby
2: and in the water. Yeah, it's
1: like <laughs> Akilah's playing lacrosse, but she's just drinking a can of LaCroix. And it's like, no, that's not the sport. Um, Close. How did you feel when you read this story? Like, uh, walk me through Akilah's yesterday morning.
2: Oh, man, it was a wave of emotions. It was like, first I saw that Lori Laughlin was trending. And I'm like, oh, Aunt Becky's dead. <laughs> but she wasn't dead. So I was immediately pleased by the fact she wasn't dead. But then I was immediately like, this is ridiculous. Like... I went to a school, I went to Berea College in Kentucky, and they admit students, um, like they have an income cap, like you have to be below a certain income to get in, and you have to work on campus, and like I still took out student loans, and so I'm not surprised to find out that all of these very privileged, very rich, uh, exceedingly white people are, you know, bribing their kids into college. I just thought You know, initially I was like, well, isn't I mean, you could always donate a building like 500 grand to a person. Like, I I feel like bribing your way into college is only illegal if you're just very stupid. (laughs) And so I was doubly incensed at, you know, okay, fine, you're going to commit a crime. But like, you can't even do that. Right. Like, neither you nor your child should ever be admitted to any good school or even a bad school. Let's be real.
1: Right. I feel like they need to attend like the school of life or like the school of hard knocks or the school of having to get a job and get an apartment for a couple years or the school of going to community college, which is perfectly fine. And then transferring after a couple of years. I don't know. Yeah. There's just, a- or just
2: don't go to college. Like yeah. I, these kids are so rich. And like Lori Laughlin's daughter is a very famous YouTuber. She had no interest in going to school, as you saw on her Twitter account. <laughs> and yet that's who you're going to drop 500 grand for? I mean, listen, I get it. I don't have kids. So maybe that's what you do for your kids. But she didn't seem especially appreciative. Yeah. You know, it seemed to me that a lot
1: of this, this wasn't about the kids at all. The kids didn't even know is the oh, thing wow. like the kids didn't like the kids well I mean you had to know if you're like wait a second I'm real fucking dumb why am I going to, <laughs> yeah, no, you know like,
2: like I didn't take the SAT hey <laughs> I, I I'm on like I literally can see that I have a scholarship for a sport I've never played right I mean but that could be just part I, I just of being have a dumb. hard time believing the kids are that dumb yeah
1: you know? <laughs> I mean that could be that could be part of it uh you're you're not dumb and neither am I. So I don't know what it's like. Um But one thing, <laughs> one thing that, you know, the kids didn't know. And one thing that I thought hearing about this, aside from the the basic, like, you know, I think a lot of people kind of regressed to this righteous indignation feeling that they had when they were applying to colleges and trying to figure that shit out for themselves. It's like, I had to work hard. I had to do this. I did. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were going back there yesterday. And I was thinking about how, you know, like you said, Akilah, the parents, are the ones who seem to care about the kids. It seems like a vanity project for the parents to have the kids yeah. go to a school that they deem good enough. Like, it seems like Lori Laughlin and her husband were paying $500,000 to make their daughter into somebody that she wasn't. They were like, we yeah. want her to be someone who wants to go to college. But she's like, nah, I just kind of want to, <laughs> I want to do my makeup into a webcam, yeah. you know, which is fine. It just takes somebody's spot who wants yeah. to go to, to USC. Um, yeah. So- what do you think is going to happen to these rich people who uh, bribed their kids into schools the illegal way, as opposed to you know the Jared Kush- the Kushner way, which is perfectly legal?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's interesting. I saw that um, that Felicity Huffman's lawyer. Made basically a small statement yesterday that was like, "Look, she's she's gonna get like she shouldn't have to pay bond, even though they did pay bond. Um, she did not have to. She's not gonna become this like international pariah. Like you're not gonna make this story into that." And I'm like, actually, I think that there should be an example made. Like I I have a a real hunch that since these people are very rich and beloved characters from many shows and movies, that they're probably not gonna do real jail time. But mm-hmm. I do think that like the uh, the uh, school of Public Opinion, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, the Court of Public Opinion, rather, uh, should absolutely rank them across the coals. It's, <laughs> it's really unfair, and we're living in a time when people are finally really talking about what privilege means. And it's not always like everything was handed to you. But in this case, it's absolutely everything was handed to you.
1: Right. You know, beyond just the part that it's like, well, this is a this is a symptom of exactly what this huge problem is, which is that rich people can just buy whatever they want without earning it. And America has never been a meritocracy, obviously. Uh, but it's also like a a big it, it, according to well, the Crooked Newsletter yesterday pointed this out. Uh, this is probably a bigger political issue than we realized just yet, because the president's family is a prime example of people who probably don't de- didn't deserve to get into the schools that they got into, Jared Kushner, for example, Don Jr. I cannot imagine him going toe to toe with a kindergartner that will one day go to Penn, much less yeah. somebody who is currently at Penn. Uh, it's it's like rich dumbasses that can just run roughshod over admissions and stuff is is going to be a perennial problem in American higher education. And the illusion of meritocracy is something that leads to generations of heartbreak and inequality. So, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this all play out even more. I want more people to get arrested
2: more. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. I'm like, okay, throw the whole system away. Also get rid of our student loans. We pay, like we're still paying for college and she paid just to get in. Like, come on, (laughs) come on. right? I don't have 500 grand. Someone should pay off my student loan. (laughs) I went there. I did the work. (laughs) I think that's a great
1: idea. Akilah for president.
2: <laughs> Thank it's you, just, she's just
1: running for president on the platform. Somebody pay off my student loans, <laughs>
2: please. <laughs> if you can I'll afford- drop out of the race, if somebody does it, obviously. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you can afford bribes, somebody can afford to pay my student loans off. Uh, well, we're going to get more into this in a future episode of Hysteria, but I wanted to move on to one. More story that I just love. This is sort of a week of scammers, I feel. Mm-hmm. And I just, everybody loves a good scam story. I don't believe that this is real, but I just love thinking about it. This past weekend, the hashtag fake Melania was trending <laughs> because the woman who appeared in Alabama alongside President Trump and his enormous pants uh, did not appear <laughs> to be his wife. Uh, she, she didn't quite look the same as Melania, and so people believed there, there There was a hashtag that was like, oh, it's a body double. She was wearing big sunglasses, you know, she was kind of acting a little different, and so, sure, why not? What do you think of this conspiracy theory, Akila?
2: I mean, I'll go on record. I don't think that was Melania. Like... <laughs> There's, I mean, she just didn't have as strong of a chin as Melania, and I think that that's that's the real tell, you know. Like, it's not like Melania would suddenly have a weaker chin,
1: right? Well, you're the chin, you're um, the chin
2: expert now, as as someone who exactly, after had- I got injured, <laughs> I mean, had a real chin injury last week. For those listening, <laughs> you listened to that. And I, I now have—I've looked at more chins in the past week to see what's normal, to know if my chin is swelling still. And I know that that is not—that's just not Melania. And you know what's nuts about it is, like—I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily illegal, but it's it does sort of point to how sloppy this White House is. Like, every day they do something where I'm like, if Obama did this, that'd be the end of his career. And this is just, like, number 798. Like, yeah. <laughs> what is happening? How— I don't know. I well, don't know who that woman was.
1: Well, on one hand, I'm not going to go as far as you went and say that I think it was definitely a fake Melania because like sometimes I'll look at a picture of myself from one day and I'm like, <laughs> "Wow, my face looks real puffy." And other days I'm like, "Who is that beautiful woman?" And, but it's mostly the first, mostly the former, not the latter. The the reason that this is even a theory is because this White House just lies constantly, and Donald Trump is somebody who's pulled some like moves like this in the past. Like he used to call New York City Uh, tabloids disguised as his own assistant, who is named John Barron. And then years later, he went on to have a child that he named Barron, which is the weirdest. (laughs) Our president is just like deeply weird and he does deeply weird things. And while I am not positive that the people who surround the president would allow a fake to masquerade as the first lady, that sort of a stunt is weird enough that I believe the president would try it because he's a fucking weird guy. <laughs> he's a weird guy. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, I think that's all the time we have for the news. Do you have anything final to add before uh, we get to our Hysteria Vision Board?
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the scamming is probably the best the internet has been since Donald <laughs> Trump got elected. And so if this is what has to happen, people going down or people speculating about other people's scams, then I'm here for it. I haven't felt so good I mean, I woke up late, but I haven't I felt so physically just relieved. <laughs> I'm like, I knew something was up. So yeah. Yes. Please keep discovering scammers and putting them on blast. <laughs> it really
1: does feel good. It feels very cathartic. Um, OK, let's get to the Hysteria Vision Board uh, for Women's History Month potential ads. First, uh, Senator Stephanie Flowers of Arkansas. Did you see this video this weekend? Uh, Okay, so Senator Stephanie Flowers, a Democrat from Arkansas, of course, uh, gave a powerful, impassioned, and emotional response to a white lawmaker who wanted to silence her in a debate about a stand-your-ground gun law. The clip has gone viral. In the clip, she pointed out that Children of color have to go around the world feeling endangered because of laws like this. And she was mad. She was really, really emotional and really mad. And it felt great to watch a woman just unload like that.
2: I thought it, it mm-hmm. felt great. What do you think of it, Akila? I mean, I just think it's really important. We're, you know, I can only say so many times how unprecedented the times we're living in are. Um, and the one sort of ray of hope is that people are feeling I mean, I don't think emboldened is the word, but I think brave. I think that she was like, you know what? This is my chance to say how I really feel, how things really are for so many people. And she really sort of sees the moment. I think, um, you know, the reason that went viral is because it is so touching and so relatable and so powerful. and And yet I think a lot of people... Feel like it's uh, you know, maybe people are being dramatic. Maybe it's not so bad. And to have someone boldly spell it out to the face of someone who can actually do something about it is just like, huh, talk about catharsis, you know? Right.
1: It also <laughs> so it like removes. we get spa week. Right. It it removes like plausible deniability from people who want to kind of ignore the. The like civil like at a at a inside voices that are talking about it. And they're just like, oh no, I didn't know it was a problem. It's like, no, it is. This woman is yelling that it is a problem because it is a yellable problem, and it was really uh, she it was awesome to see her do that. Second addition to the vision board, Carolee Schneeman. She was a feminist performance artist. She died at age seventy nine this past week. Uh, she died of breast cancer, which she'd had for two decades um she'd done a ton of really in your face uh crazy shit she did a she had a 1964 performance called meat joy uh which had the appearance of an orgiastic free-for-all with men and women including the artist rolling around on the floor in bikini briefs slathering each other with blood red paint and clutching dead fish and chickens this is what my parents thought new york city was before i think i there. <laughs> I mean, they're not
2: wrong. It's kind of that.
1: It is a little. I mean, that's basically the C line. This is sea train.
2: For yeah, f- for sure.
1: <laughs> she also used to film herself having sex with her husband and they edited the footage into a film called Fuses, which they showed at a film festival and attendees at the film festival, mostly male, got mad because it wasn't pornographic enough. <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, they saw it as a tease. Uh, but she's she's had this incredible life. Uh, she's been a, a figure of division and discussion. And I think that's probably all we can hope for is as people who are trying to make a difference in the world is to to leave a mark and have people talking about you after you die. So Carolee Schneeman, R.I.P. Oh, wow. Pour one out for the homie. Exactly. Akilah, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me again and uh, <laughs> looking forward to having you on the next time. Lovely. All right. Talk to you soon. Thank you so thank you. much. Talk Bye. to you then. Stick around. We've got more hysteria for
3: you after the break.
4: Yeah. I have to, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I
1: refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viori is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. your clothes still look new. (laughs) So fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. welcome back to hysteria I'm Aaron Ryan now we get to the part of the show where we talk for a long time about a thing that we've wanted to talk about for a long time uh, personal political this week with me I have actress writer and black Sabbath super fan Grace Farah. that's me I have a black Sabbath super fan I don't know that I could say that until this last week yes, But man you became one became one that night yeah so Grace and I on Friday uh-huh. uh, with our boyfriends and and there's like a, a lot of people went to a sold out. Uh, show for a Black Sabbath cover band. Yes, and the lead singer was a girl. Yeah, was the girl from Dirty Projectors. Yeah. Oh, and she was awesome. She was amazing. And then there was like uh, the one of the guitarists was uh, Nick from the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, the one with the yeah, yeah. Really? It was unbelievable. They did not
5: come out until like eleven thirty, and I do appreciate <laughs> oh. um a, a, a time management when it comes to what time, time to you get, to get there. Too late. I got there. We got there like nine. I agree.
1: I agree. We I got there at like nine. or I had to I take my contacts out because they, they dried out <laughs> too right. much. I had to take my contacts out, and then I came out of the bathroom and I couldn't see. <gasps> and I sent, and I couldn't find my boyfriend and I like the next day I was also kind of drunk and the next day I was looking at my text and I was like Josh I can't see anything where are you? <laughs> we just assumed that
5: Aaron and Josh left uh, and then Aaron it just, turns out it was just taking her contact I was out. taking it was, my
6: contact What a bold move. move I know Yeah that you, you
5: emerge in your slippers it, Yeah in right In your robe right, a yeah. <laughs> Also I love that Josh and
1: Niall are besties it's Yeah Very sweet Now they're texting each other all the yeah, time it's Yeah It's great It's great um, Second up we have comedian writer and dog mom Michaela Watkins. Oh, hello. Yay. How's uh, how's
7: how's the dog? How's Jeff? Uh, he's good. He's Jeff. really good. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> um, I know. It's uh, his name is Jeff, and um, <laughs> my husband's name is Fred. And so people are always like, "Your husband has a dog name." Do you
6: do you, do you ever
7: get mad at him and say, "Jeffrey, your, your
6: dog has a husband name." Yeah,
7: my yeah. exactly. And yeah. so and and also he's you know got pole position in the bed now. So I just like, oh. wake up. And I just like smooch and cuddle and <laughs> just caress the Jaff the dog and, <laughs> and, and yeah it's very everything is topsy turvy but they look exactly alike if you ever if you ever look at what my husband and my dog look like they have like I have a type oh my God. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> that's fantastic oh,
1: that's amazing third up uh, we have actor writer and woman who won't drink something called business bitch
6: Jan <laughs> Tran yeah <gasps> I saw it on a menu and I won't order it
1: out what of what is business bitch
6: it was. <laughs> I mean, good for you, and what is it? Thank you. It It was just like a drink at this bar in WeHo. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's in it. I didn't even look because just— I'm sorry, on principle, I just can't be like, excuse me, I'll have one of the business bitch. <laughs> well, I just couldn't do it. What was Girl. really funny is that Tian and I talked, we were like,
1: can we do this? Can we do the business bitch? And Tian was like, no, no. no. And I was like, I don't think I can, but the ingredients sound delicious. And then Megan Gailey shows up and she goes, I'll have a business bitch. <laughs> <laughs>
6: like,
5: That's
1: so and, Megan. That's Megan. I love, that. Yeah, that, I love is, that. And I was like, oh, you know what?
5: Did you end up? You didn't order it. No. Okay.
1: What was in it? I, uh, I ended
5: up ordering it. Yeah, later. Did. And, and it was did.
1: it was great. It was like pink. Was it, it all business? It was a hundred percent business. Mm-hmm. It was business, bitch. Business mm-hmm. in the front. This bitch party in the back. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking <laughs> of bitch, uh, bitching, and related topic, um, this week we're going to talk about something uh, that we've all done. We've all participated in uh, gossip. And I wanted to use as a jumping off point, um, our co-host, Alyssa Master Monaco has a book that just came out called So Here's a Thing. And if you haven't read it, it's great. I devoured it in like one sitting, mm-hmm. two sittings, but it was it's great. And it, in my head, I heard her voice in my ear and it was just <laughs> like, so charming. And Alyssa just the best. But she has an essay in there about gossip that I thought was a lot more nuanced than a lot of takes about gossip. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when you read things about gossip, it is kind of finger wagging, like don't do it it's women being cunts to each other and nobody, you know, it's bad, bad, bad. But then you have other takes that are like, well, actually, it's a way that marginalized people reclaim power for themselves Mm -hmm. through exchanging information. And that's very, you know, freshman seminar, but it's, I can see that being true. Mm -hmm. Alyssa's is uh, very nuanced. Alyssa's take on gossip is basically like gossip is seductive. It's unavoidable. um, And sometimes it helps people who are not in power to reclaim it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also there are certain things you shouldn't gossip about because you can fuck people's lives up. Mm -hmm. So coming from that kind of nuanced place, I uh, wanted to to kind of bring it to the floor and start with you, Michaela. Yeah. Um, What has been your experience with Gossip and the way that it works in uh, in the way that women socialize.
7: Well, I I have this physiological response to gossip, which is anytime anybody says to me, "Oh, I'm going to tell you something, but you have to promise not to tell anybody else," I. Have a feeling like my nipples get erect. <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> I sweat.
7: I am. I are just you turned on. I am turned on yeah. the way that people yeah. are probably turned. You know, it's I seductive. say like people are probably turned on during sex. <laughs> I'm not, what I am not... will find out, Kayla. I, I, I hope to know that someday. Um, no, but seriously, like it is similar to the same kind of turned on. You know, um, or probably that moment when you get like two thirds of through a glass of wine and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> and. It'll never be better than this moment right now. And it's true. It will never be better than that moment right in that moment, because no matter what they say, it's never going to feel as good as when somebody says, Hey, I have to tell you something. You can't tell anybody else. <laughs> I lose my, my shit. I yeah. just love it. And I know that that's a bad feeling. Like when my whole dashboard lights up like that, I know what I'm, what I'm, what I'm embarking on is not good. So, um, The way that, you know, it has kind of gone through so many manifestations in my life. I would say earlier, it was about like fitting in, right? I'm normalized because you feel this way and you feel this way. And then I feel that way. And then it was like, thank God I'm not that person that we're Mm -hmm. talking about. And then it became um, empowered, right? Like, I'm not crazy, right? Our boss is a total fucking dick, right? Mm -hmm. And then it became um, this false sense of Care, you know, like I'm very worried about, you know, (laughs) they're they're not eating. And then you're just like, I know. And you're just like, fucking, they're so skinny and beautiful.
0: I know. And they're not eating.
7: And then now it's sort of transformed into something else in my life, which is, um, it's more of a cautionary tale. It's more of like, beware, like that that guy is handsy or that, you know, you yep. may not yeah. want to work with this person because they have a rage problem or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So.
1: That is a really interesting point because I was talking about this yesterday with somebody and I, I came to the realization that the whole Me Too moment mm-hmm. is like the weaponization of gossip, like making, mm-hmm. formalizing gossip like allowed people who were at a lower social rung to assert power over like people that were higher up than them. Mm -hmm. And I also it also made me think about how, you know, gossiping sometimes is in a way an admission to yourself and the people around you that like we're on the same we're on the same tier. Yeah. And when you're like a boss or when you're like in any way when you have more power than people, people don't gossip with you anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, They gossip about you. They gossip about you. You become the subject. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever walked into a room? Well, this is a mean girls quote, but have you ever walked into a room and had everybody just suddenly shut up because they were talking about you, Grace?
5: Yeah. Actually, sometimes I, I actually, I think I've been in a place where I don't mind if people gossip about me for a number of reasons. I'll give you guys this. This is not to get sad or a little bit dark here, but um, sometimes gossip can be very beneficial in getting information across, information mm. that you don't necessarily want to talk about yourself. Like I, my dad's been having some health problems and I have a, a circle of friends in Houston and I told a couple of friends and I gave them consent to go tell other people. I basically was like, I want you guys to talk about this and stuff that I just don't feel like having this conversation 20 times over, but I, I know that we're friends with this same circle of people that are that I would appreciate I would appreciate if they knew mm-hmm. and uh, and you know the circle of people that I wanted to know about it found out about it that way and it became a useful funnel of information that wouldn't have existed if I had to tell people one-on-one myself. So there's, there's something that's, like, pragmatic about gossip, too, if, if somebody doesn't want that information, if you don't want the responsibility of having to tell that to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a mystique about it that's kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Uh, also, I have the question, can you gossip with yourself? Um, because I, I remember, like, <laughs> I did this. Tell me— huh. t- <laughs> tell <better> me, <laughs> Go on. T- tell me if you guys have been in this situation. I, I was— I Alone was, in a basement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> They'll say, he wouldn't even hurt a philies. <laughs>
5: I was trying to think about the first time that I remember Gossip being a part of my life. And I remember distinctly being in sixth grade and I was in the play The Wizard of Oz. And I had been cast as the Wicked Witch of the West. And now this is something that like my my whole... You're so
1: much more Glinda than Wicked you Witch of the West. You think so? I mm-hmm. do.
5: I'll take that as a compliment. Thank yeah. you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, Wicked Witch of the West was, it was interesting and I was excited. I was like, I'm on my path towards becoming a character actress. This is great. <laughs> yeah. but, but a little part of me was like, I wonder why I didn't get Dorothy. You know, and then I told I remember telling myself like, oh, Grace, you don't want that part because the girl who got it is like fine but she's very boring. And I remember telling myself, <laughs> gossiping with myself that the reason that somebody else got a bigger part than me was because she was boring and I wouldn't want that part anyway. Mm-hmm. And it weirdly like j- made whatever twinge of jealousy yeah. or envy that I
1: have go away. Is what it was I self-soothing. Yeah. It was self-soothing. Yeah. Um here's something that I was thinking about as I was like researching for this was that you know gossip seems to be characterized as very female Tian have you found that gossip is something that is something that women do with
6: and about each other or do men do it too I think everyone gossips gossip has you know, in society has been stereotyped, as, I think, as a, like a female trait, as like a bad thing that like that's the weapon that women use since we're not like f- physically violent. It's like insidious, like and we're emotionally and, violent. And we're yeah. emotionally violent, and I think that's like the stereotype that's used. Mm-hmm. But men got like everyone gossips. I think that like. Men gossip just as much as women.
5: Well, the, I, I think and, you're so right about that. And I even have a, a difficult time uh, defining gossip because I don't know what the difference is between gossip and word of mouth. Like nowadays, especially in entertainment, mm-hmm. people get jobs by word of mouth. If your not nipples right. get hurt.
1: If <laughs> <your> nipples. <laughs> just follow your nipples the career success. <laughs> um, I think that that is—that's an interesting—the men gossiping just as much as women thing is something that I'm not sure— that I agree with. I mean, I think that men love gossip, but they funnel it into things like sports gossip. Like, yeah. I am dating a Pittsburgh Steelers fan and he is like obsessed with like team, is they gonna tra- are they going to trade this guy? Or like, this dude's dad. Yeah, he doesn't want to throw the ball in Pittsburgh anymore. He wants to throw the ball in another town and it makes me mad. And you know, it's like, but but it's like sports radio, sports talk, uh, sports talk podcasting is enormous. Yeah. And it is a place where I guess maybe Maybe men aren't sitting there like, oh, my God, you know, somebody looks like they didn't get sleep last night. (laughs) You know, like they're not they're not coming into the break room saying that to each other at work. But I feel like it's maybe compartmentalized because they don't need it. Yeah, I think we gossip
7: where we feel out of control. And in in the workspace, you know, I think as it's been sort of, you know, geared towards more of a, you know, male centric kind of dynamic there. I don't think that they feel out of control or their place is vulnerable or threatened. And, you know, through time, in history, for hundreds of thousands of years, I think there was one article that was passed around that was like in the 1400s, women were allowed to berate their men and, and sit around and gossip in the kitchen. And there's art depicting paintings of women mm-hmm. sitting around in kitchens being like, you know, Basically, doing the, the the headlines with each other, oh. the news, you know. Mm. And then in the 1600s, you know, that was completely obliterated and outlawed because there was this threat of women got together and compared notes that it was highly threatening to the to the power centers. Mm-hmm. And so there were, you know, burning witches at stakes and giving them tongue, you know, devices that would keep them from speaking and things like that. So when we're we the, would all get that tongue device. We, oh, we right. would all get it. And it's and so and now, you know, although I. You know, I I did go through a phase, if I may divert for one second, Mm -hmm. but uh, when I was in the groundlings, which is kind of a sort of a competitive, uh, the school, the Mm -hmm. school part, you know, you have to get voted in and all this kind of stuff, and it's like the worst um, kind of way to sort of feel okay is because there's this group of your peers who are voting on you constantly. And so you're not just your work, but if you're an asshole, you mm-hmm. know, that's going to like move through the chain. And I remember my friend Amy and I were in the, in the last level before the the main company and we were both feeling so just, it's just cruddy. You know, we just felt like it was so competitive and we felt like we were working so hard. You're writing a new show every week. And, you know, you you just had to constantly be feeling out the social dynamics and make sure it was cool to write with this person. And you know. And we said, you know, I feel really bad about myself when I gossip because these are our friends, you know. And so let's make a pact where we don't gossip for two weeks, where we're not going to say anything. I mean, it can't be anything. It can't be anything, mm-hmm. like literally anything that we wouldn't say to that person's face, you would never say. And uh, and we did it for two weeks. And after those two weeks, we kind of checked in and we're like, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. I feel my self-esteem feels really good because obviously in the back of our minds, we thought if we're not talking about somebody, they're not talking about us. But at the same time, I'm with Alyssa, is that there are so many times where I feel like by keeping us separate by keeping women separate from talking to each other about our experiences and our and what happened to us at work or on a set or something like that they keep the power in certain places mm-hmm. of work of the work pyramid mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's it's us like i think gossip is a refusal to
7: live by the rules of
1: the people that are in charge to an extent but on the mm-hmm. other hand yeah it feels great to just not like there's something that feels so dirty about knowing that you just were—because I don't like to talk shit about people, but I do that kind of backdoor gossip thing mm-hmm. where I'm, like, kind of masking my shit-talking in concern. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I do that sometimes, and— uh, then when I'm around them, I feel like, uh, you know, when you go home and like, when you come home and the dog's like, I didn't do anything. And you're like, oh, no, you haven't, you haven't seen anything yet, but, you know, the dog did something. Yeah. Like, I feel like I, I feel ha- like Jeff does that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I didn't need the paper towels. Like, uh, no, Jeff, how
7: dare you? Jeff would never. <laughs> it's this little coy
1: attitude. But like, it's uh but I think that I, I feel I have like a very guilty conscience. And when I'm around people that I've done like the best. Back, back door shit talking. What a disgusting! <laughs> 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 That's when the name of the episode. Back door, back shit, door talking. shit talking. But whenever I've done front door shit talking, is <laughs> much harder, unsanitary.
5: Oral f- shit
1: talking. A U R A L. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll feel guilty, and and it's just like it's just easier. It's sort of like lying. You know, it's just mm-hmm. easier, and there's less things to keep track of if you just don't. Do it like who is allowed to know this who isn't allowed mm-hmm. to know this who can I tell the little can rules I... that we set up for ourselves right I, I set those rules up for myself all the time because
5: I will I will say that if I'm having a conversation with my boyfriend about something that it's not gossip because mm-hmm. we just share everything with each other so yeah. it's mm-hmm. sharing safe it's space. not gossiping mm-hmm. it's a safe space exactly or if it's uh if it's like friends from 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 high school or something well you know
7: they all know each other so it's fine we, we just set these little rules up <laughs> yeah. for my for <laughs> ourselves physical physicality it's like you never ever ever, ever, ever talk about somebody because of something they can't control physically.
1: Mm. That's, a, that's a good that's a That good is a rule. good one, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that the rule for me is that it, the it's more of a, like, hardcore pornography, like, I'll know it when I see it Yeah, sort of thing. Like, if it makes me feel dirty to know it, I don't really
6: want to pass it along. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tien, have you, do you have rules for yourself beyond? Well, since my girlfriend is long distance, so our kind of, we've been trying to not, gossip as much in our like FaceTiming and just try to like keep it positive and not go into a negative space just because we only get to talk to each other like a couple hours <laughs> a couple hours a day. That's, a of- <laughs>
7: that's really, uh, sweet. That's really yeah, sweet. We've like, yeah. taken our gossip down to two and a half <laughs> But yeah, that is
6: something that we've tried of just like, you know, I, I only get to talk to you for like an hour in the evening. Let's try to keep it positive just so that like it's a nice conversation for our, for for ourselves mm-hmm. since I, since I don't get to see her that often have you found that it makes you feel like better yeah. have you found that you leave the conversation does it take effort it does take i mean i so far it's just turned into us just kind of recounting our days and like She is a much more positive—like, she is, like, positive and doesn't really speak poorly about—or tries not to. And I, like, love to dish
3: sometimes.
6: (laughs) 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 And so I've gotten better at, like— you know, if there's something that I wanted to tell her that was like inherently negative, I'll just, I have been getting better at leaving that out of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And she's in academia. Yes. Which is another gossip heavy industry. Oh my, like my God. Sure. Yes. That is so yeah. dependent on like in the groundlings. Like if you're a dick, like you're probably. Everyone knows. Yeah. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people will plan information that you're a dick. And so it's probably better yeah. to just like have a good. Have a good. Yeah. <laughs> academia makes me think of this quote that I meant to
5: bring up, which is small minds discuss people. Average minds discuss events. Great minds discuss ideas.
1: Oh, Grace Parra. Oh, that's a Grace Parra. <laughs> I thought you were going to say great minds discuss Rick and Morty because that does sound like something a Rick and Morty fan. That definitely say. does. Even though I love Rick and Morty, I do not love the. I do not love the fans. Um, so I'll just I'll I'll uh, put this question to the group too. Have you seen gossip do actual damage to people? I've seen gossip do damage to
5: a friendship of mine. Actually, Michaela, you were talking about the evolution of gossip becoming something that you do out of concern for other people. Mm -hmm. I heard directly from a a friend, sort of former friend of mine, female friend, that she had gotten out of this relationship and that this relationship had been, she'd been abused, um, if not physically, at least uh, emotionally. Uh, And um, then that relationship was over and I was relieved as a friend. Like, thank God you don't have to put up with this abuse. Then she... told me that she had started hooking up with this ex again. And so out of concern, genuine concern, Mm -hmm. I spoke with mutual friends of ours about it and said like did you hear that this is happening they had not heard about it and I was like well I think it's something we should just keep our eye on because I mean the way that she's expressed it to us she's been abused and that's something that I, I don't want her to have to go through again mm-hmm. this friend found out about that and even though there were other people discussing this she linked it back to me got really mad at me and our friendship's never been the same since and and it really came out of a place of concern but I, I don't know I didn't know what to do in that situation maybe I posed this as a question did I do the right thing by talking to other friends about a friend who's potentially in a in a
7: dicey situation like that, I should have like kept my mouth shut. That I just didn't feel, feel right like either. I always take my temperature on where something is coming from. Yeah, if it feels in any way that it is it ventures in any way into lasciviousness, into yeah, um, where yeah, where it feels like is there a sense in any way, shape, or form that I'm veering away from genuine concern or like trying to get your my tribe of friends to rally around this person and support this person, does it in some way feel like kind of almost like a joy to be like, Finally, something fucking interesting is happening in my friend circle. If it starts to feel at all like that, then I think, you know, you're out of this space. I worked with a guy, um, or I was about to take a job from a man who, a friend of mine, who in a very genuinely concerned way said to me, I'd be careful with this person because I know someone who worked with them and they had a really terrible experience for this reason. Mm -hmm. And it kind of went against the grain of everything I sort of talk about and stand for in terms of women and their safety and health in the workplace and so I was ready to turn it down and then I saw the person and then I found out the person that they were talking about actually was coming back to go work with that person again and when I saw that person I said how do you like working with them they're like oh my god I love him he's the best So I almost Uh, missed out on a job. I think it was that's I think that's an example of because I know this friend of mine who said this to me meant well. I think that's a perfect example of how the phone, the operation, Mm -hmm. the operator game gets really broken. Right.
6: I've also seen just like from being in the comedy community that mostly women and like black and brown women will not get jobs or get put on things because there's like a gossip of them being difficult to work with, Mm -hmm. which I think is bullshit and is born out of like, you know, women who are marginalized speaking up for themselves in situations that they is like predominantly like a white male situation. Mm -hmm. And so I've I've seen that a lot. And I know that the like Chicago comedy community is doing much better at being like, okay, we can't. Be doing this to women, especially women of color, mm-hmm. and not allowing them the same opportunities because they spoke up for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's being characterized as like difficult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that goes that goes along with this idea of poisoning the water because gossip can be weaponized mm-hmm. into something that deliberately is meant to hurt people or mm-hmm. that is sort of just an agent of chaos. I I had a situation once. I think, you know, there's there's it's one thing to, be way like, to say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this this person is is bad and difficult to work with. And I usually don't trust that unless I myself have Mm -hmm. had interactions with that person and then I don't really spread it because you know kind of in the age of leaking I and and having worked for a lot of different journalistic not a lot but a handful of different journalistic organizations usually I just treat things that I write down as things that could end up on the front page of the Washington Post Mm -hmm. things I say that could end up in a blog post I I try Mm -hmm. to be careful Mm -hmm. Uh, but sometimes you just get these like really like fucking chaotic malignant people yeah. who try to to like throw it at you so
7: here's here's something just bizarre that happened to me um see I'm excited about what you're about to <laughs> how are your nipples doing The chaos? they are just I'm, they're holding my coffee <laughs> <this>. <laughs> so so like a few like a couple a few jobs
1: ago I worked uh for a place that occasionally employed this person who was like a writer and she had like kind of a weird reputation but I never had any problem with her she was like Fine. You know, she was like fine to talk to. She was a lot of fun. And uh I had another friend who worked at the place, a guy. And one time this guy came up to me at work and was like, Can I talk to you for a second? Which is the scariest. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. uh Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Can I talk just to you for a second? I was shoot like, me yeah. right now. Oh god. You. Exactly. And my god. it was <laughs> oh like the god. feeling of like having a slushy just poured into your stomach. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh so can I talk to you? Why? What's what's going on? And he was like, Yeah, I was at a party with this girl her name. Let's just call her Anne. I was at a party with Anne, and uh, we were, like, all kind of standing outside, like, smoking, and she told everybody—it was, like, a party full of people that I worked with—she told everybody that you do heroin, (laughs) Erin. And, like, okay— so I have do. to laugh because of the absurdity. Also, like, yeah, of all the drugs, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is not my personality. I would do the shit out of some Adderall, but not heroin. Like, come on. Yeah. I, I did. I, and like I've I've done acid at a tech conference and I wrote about it. Like <laughs> I've done I've done the requisite amount of guys. Drugs. I do drugs. I'm, <laughs> cool. I'm cool. No, it's just like it's just like it's uh, But what a thing to tell. She's she told a bunch of people so- that I did work You ever with. Did you confront her about it? No, because it was like one of those things where I was like, you are a... You're just a pathological liar, and yeah. when I when I, when I come across people like that, there's no reasoning with them. There's no rehabilitating. Yeah. No. Do you
7: think there's a version? Because this makes me shudder in fear. Like I say things off the cuff in a sarcastic way, and what if people didn't read me right? She's not you know, funny, though. what if I am like, oh, Aaron. oh, heroin pants, Aaron, heroin
5: pants, Aaron. That's <laughs> and-
7: like to me that reads as
5: she was clearly doing it because she's jealous of you and wanted to tarnish your reputation. Yeah. It was just, it was
1: really weird though. It's like be better though, you know, like be but- be. Yeah, Who yeah. Would you pick that, a more personality-appropriate drug? You yeah, know? exactly. So do you think that that guy, the Nobody's colleague— Nobody's buying your heroin. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> the, colleague guy, the colleague is somebody that I trust and have trusted for mm, years. And, okay. and I I eventually heard it from another source that she would said that. And then she later went on to, like, do other really weird, like— Did you confront her ever? Never confronted her. I just—I blocked her on all social media and refused to communicate with her ever. Really smart, smart, smart. I, smart, I smart. do the, like—because I think that yeah. there, there are people in the world— that abuse credulity and abuse gossip networks that are maybe founded Mm -hmm. on a, uh, with a sense of like empowering people or bonding with each other. Um, They kind of will dive into those and spread lies and and it's bonding. That's a
7: big one. Like there are people that you see and for some reason it just brings it out in you and you're just sort of like, why am I? But I think what right now, what I feel very excited about in my life, if I may share, is I have friends who hold me accountable. So sometimes I want to commiserate with somebody, but I have friends who will say to me like, "Uh uh-huh, I hear you. Yeah, that's really fucked up. But can I just tell you something? You know." Maybe you need to consider Mm -hmm. that they're going through a really hard, you know, and and it's just like, yeah, thanks for being the bigger person, the two of us right now, because I needed to vent this thing Mm -hmm. out loud. But also I need to be reminded of, you know, that I need to probably, you know, uh, you know, toughen up cupcake is kind of what they're sort of saying to Mm -hmm. me. And I'm lucky I have those people in my life. There's a sense of let Guy, who has not sinned, cast the first stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now gossip, a lot of times I hear things like, oh, so-and-so is like in an emotional affair. And I'm like, yeah, I've been there. Yeah, you know not with my yeah. husband not with my husband he, I'm very devoted to him but I mm. in my life I have been there and it's a horrible feeling and so I don't kind of get off on hearing about somebody's Yeah, that's like such that, a good
6: know? way of thinking of it and trying to like flip the script on bad God like on God I love that mm. I think it loses so its wonderful. novelty it, it, at yeah, some point and then you take the power away from the yeah. like seductive nature of it yeah right. yeah it takes the zing out and my yeah. nipples go flaccid <laughs> 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 oh the mug's on the floor
1: <laughs> oh we're gonna Need, we're gonna need somebody to clean that up. we're gonna, um, Says Erin to a room full of Aaron nobody. My <laughs> <with. laughs>
6: job it is to clean
1: it. Erin well, is making heroin right
5: now,
6: so I wouldn't trust anything Aaron she says. Is being real heroin yeah. you know me. Oh, when, when I was younger, in and I was I was still closeted in high school, and there was a rumor that. Um, A couple of us on the soccer team were lesbians. (laughs) Turned out all to be true. (laughs) But (laughs) so on the nose. Everyone was right. But I remember as like a defense to that, I started like jumping on the bandwagon of like saying other girls we're lesbians. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. You were like the identical Spider Man
1: comment, pointing at the lesbians, <laughs> <laughs> pointing out the lesbians. No. You're
5: lesbians. I will. I will also. I will also say that like the uh, the, the word in gossip, uh, the word in Spanish for gossip is chisme, which mm-hmm. is a word that I grew up. My mom always was like, "What's the chisme? Let's talk about the chisme." It's almost like a multi cross generational way of appealing to different different demographics, different people in your family. That th- it's like a way to to start conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a cute way to start conversations. Mm-hmm. So there's something that's cultural about gossip too yeah. that ties us into m- multiple generations of women specifically. My dad never asked me what the cheese was, but mm-hmm. but my mom always did and to this day we still still gossip.
1: Well, I think that the your comment Grace and Tian's comment about people women gossiping about each other's sexuality especially when they're young is like really interesting because it yeah. kind of it kind of establishes how gossip can can other and marginalize people? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, and like on one hand, it's a way to, for everybody to be like, "Yeah, fuck the boss." We all agree the mm-hmm. boss is a dick, isn't mm-hmm. the boss a dick? But on the other hand, it's like, but we can also unite and attack this one person that we are not this person,
6: and we're like and we Th- that that person cannibalize each that's, other. That's why I think. That's why I think like young, bo- like boys and men gossip just as much. Yeah. Because they like assert that power of like slut shaming women. Oh, or, yeah. Like, That's for sure. Anytime in middle school and high school, all the stories that started about young girls who were absolutely in a, put, put in a bad situation that it was just it was dudes. It was dudes talking about. Like the girl who was giving everyone blow jobs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like didn't know how to give blow jobs. It was a lot of blow jobs <laughs> <laughs> <So>. oh, <laughs> in man. high school, but it was all perpetuated by like. The boys, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the boys, just
7: to assert their like control over, over women. women. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they shouldn't have been shaming that because they all wanted the blowjobs. I know. Exactly. Right. So that's why have been they like were doing Did it. Did you hear about this great gal with a wonderful personality <laughs> and a tendency to give blowjobs?
6: <laughs> <laughs> there was a there's. I remember one story specifically where someone was like, "Did you hear? So and so didn't even know what a blowjob was. She just like blew on the dick." And I was like, "I had no idea." And I was like, "That's crazy." <laughs> <laughs> why would you? Uh, that's uh, what. A, what kind of technique is that?
7: Note to self, never blow on the dick, never blow on the dick, never blow <laughs>
1: um, Well, that, that's something that I think also another function that gossip has is like when I was like the kind of, this kind of sheltered, kid, when I would hear gossip, I'd be like, note to self, find out what that is. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Like, what is this thing? But I think, like, shame is really uh, and we'll we'll do a shame episode oh, at some yeah. oh. point in the future, but I think shame and gossip are, mm-hmm. are evil cousins. If anybody grew up in the Catholic faith, as yeah. I did, that yeah. will
5: definitely resonate. We'll get all, we'll get all the
1: Catholics and the Jews yes, together. Perfect. <laughs> Dana can come. We've got, we've got everybody. But um, I think that, you know, gossip and shame are sort of like evil, ugly cousins. Mm-hmm. And then the, like, good cousin of gossip is friendship, mm-hmm. which is, like, yeah. kind of... Yeah. It's this weird Fellowship. Little, yeah. It's this weird little Venn diagram overlap that's always going to be complicated. But you know what's cool about it? The Venn diagram overlap is shaped like a vagina. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I love
7: you, Venn diagram. Dy- <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, it's also... Did you guys read *Sapiens* by chance? No, That's no, but I love people? this
5: this uh, this quote, Michaela.
7: Oh well, <laughs> the question is uh, that that he poses sort of to everybody is you know not why have humans only have Homo sapiens only been around for ten thousand years, but why are they the only you know human beings that have been around for ten thousand years? Because there's Neanderthals and all these other kinds, and why have they, even though they weren't the strongest and the mightiest, why have they survived? And it's not just that they could say, "Hey, there's bison over there," it's that they could talk about this imaginary concept. Mm -hmm. so they could be like um, you know, I could tell you something about what's happening in the next, you know, tribe over that sort of saves your life. Or, you know, I can say there's a forest fire and now they're, the bison you are heading we to this yeah, way. Yeah. We can introduce concepts imaginary yeah. things, not just things that are happening like mm-hmm. rock, stone, sky, bridge. You know, we can actually start to build um, a, a, a false fictional narrative mm-hmm. about things that aren't actually happening.
1: Hmm. So gossip in a way saves us and kills us slowly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm really sorry that we have to wrap up this conversation because this was great. I could sit here for like yes. three hours, but as soon as we get off the mic, we're all going to talk shit yes. about all the other... Co- yes. <laughs> There's like ten other drugs that I take know turns leaving the room. We're yeah. all going to talk shit. No, we're not. We're Grace, gonna- so you leave the room <laughs> now. <laughs> Seven minutes in hell. It's you leaving the room and we all sit here talking shit about you when you come back. And then it goes on air. <laughs> uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back the hills that we will die on uh...
6: Welcome back. This is a part of the
1: show where we take very staunch stances on things that don't ultimately matter. It's the hills will die on. First, we have a hill from one of our listeners. Let's
3: roll it. This is Stephanie in Boston, and the hill that I will die on is that people who back into parking spaces are absolute idiots. As far as I can tell, backing into a parking space serves absolutely zero practical purpose, and people who do it seem to have absolutely no ability to drive in reverse whatsoever. Oh. It drives me crazy, and people who do it are just plugging up parking lots for the rest of us that can park like normal people,
7: <laughs> this is rich coming from a Boston driver. <laughs> that was my first thought too. I
1: was like, okay, Stephanie, in Boston, driving expert over here, the only good
7: driver in Boston. Let's just assume because she sure, listens to this sure, 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 that she's sure. the only good driver yes, in Boston. Conscientious, yes. aware,
1: and pff, hell nice. yes, I
7: hell yeah, that's a good hill. I agree with
1: that. I just recently <laughs> re-entered driving as a as a thing because yeah, I, I yeah. like didn't drive for like seven years and I. I went to the DMV and drew a picture of a car and they're like, here's a license. <laughs> um, and I it's, it, I feel like I'm just reacquainting myself with what a pain in the ass it is. And it's so, mostly parking that's a pain in the ass yeah. over driving itself. It's just like having a yeah. big metal
6: backpack you can't
1: take inside. Yeah. I will yeah. say
6: I do like park... I know this is weird, but I do enjoy finding a spot. It, I, My nipples get hard when I sure find it's gratifying. Like a really <laughs> nice parking spot and I, like, I do it well. I like the pull through
5: when there's two spots... And one spot you know, you'd have to back out to, to get out of it. And then the other spot, if you just drive forward a little bit, then mm-hmm. you'll be able to drive forward out of a park. That's I love nice.
7: that. You know, I'm the daughter of a mathematician and nobody's allowed to load the dishwasher when I'm at my father's house, except my father, because he knows the most, the, the best way to max out sort of. Oh, wait, know, I just learned so much yeah, out, you, That was That's so much yeah. space. <laughs> like you cannot touch his dishwasher. He is just because everybody does it wrong. <laughs> and I have sort of that sort of brain where I know how to f- pack as As much into a space as I, you know, just visualizing the Marie Kondo of parking lots. Yeah, when I do see people like sort of park all fecocked, I get really my I get bone I get mad about it. But I I don't have a problem with backing into a spot if it's the right thing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, good good hill Stephanie, thank you. If you uh, listeners want to submit your own, you can record a thirty second voicemail and send it to hysteria at crooked. Com. I'm going to do the Hill I'll Die on first. Um, I have to do these every week. So sometimes yeah. at the beginning of the show, I'm like, okay, what do I care about?
7: I've already said everything Microphones, I care about. Microphones are done.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, one time I did one about the lid of coffee cups because I wear red lipstick all the time. Yeah. And they need to be black because otherwise it looks like I've just been Frenching this. <laughs> uh, here's my hill. Did you hear about
7: Erin? She <laughs> Frenches coffee,
1: she coffee <laughs> <laughs> uh, So here's mine this week week succulents the plants that are allegedly just easy and idiots can keep them alive i can't yeah no they're (laughs) tough they're tough i keep killing succulents i am the ted bundy of succulents (laughs) i had like this beautiful there's this really nice uh nursery like Greenhouse down the street from where I live. Uh, it's called Rolling Greens in LA, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, and I and there's a place called an arrangement bar. And you go and you bring them a container, and you're like, fill this with plants, mm-hmm. and they're like, okay. And then they like make a pretty like arrangement for you, and then you pay for it and you leave, and it's great. And I came in and I was like, this is, I'm gonna figure out how to make succulents not die like when I first moved here and I brought them in a container and they put a whole little row of succulents and it looks so cute. And I brought it back and I put it on my dresser and now they're all fucking dead. How long did it take? It took six oh, months, Jesus. but they just, I watched Aaron. them slowly oh, die. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I told, i called my mom. I'm like, what do I do? She's really good at plants. And she's like, just don't do anything to them. And so I did. Literally. And they all died. Yeah. Oh, this no. is like I think they died out of spite. <laughs> it's
7: amazing, Erin, because you are my lady goals in every way, shape and form. And yet this is like, Like your Marvel superhero which (laughs) is like like your superpower is things that can't will slowly die Yeah. you're like but that that you that cannot can kill won't. a yeah. succulent
1: I did it I, I did it so many times ma- Mazel Tov and, th- <laughs> and things that should not last as long as they do last a very long time like I have a cat that's 14 years old <laughs> and still jumps on top of the fridge and I don't know like she's like a Marvel superhero <laughs> <laughs> anyway I, I'm i sure I'm going to get a, a ton of tips like the time I took a stance on oregano and some guy who was like you haven't had real oregano emailed me uh, I'm going to get a ton of succulents tips but I I, Share love. I I've heard all of them. They will die if you give them to me, <laughs> and that's the hill I'll die on this week. I'm looking up rolling succulents. greens. I the can't wait. Succulents to will die on. It's, it's great. It's, it's great. great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so up next, uh, I'm gonna throw it to
5: Grace. Okay. I my my hill this week is uh, I'm actually going to public publicly shame people who like this hard nipples. Yeah, <laughs> Michaela's all yeah. My gossip this week is um, I <laughs> hate. Fringe on rugs. Mm.
2: Oh. Fringe doesn't
5: belong on rugs. I'm looking around. I'm seeing some fringe on a rug right here. Like even seeing a Moroccan fringe, rug. None of it. It's all bad. It's, it, mm-hmm. it 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 gathers hair and dust. Mm. And how do you get it out? You don't. Is the is the problem? <laughs> it looks terrible. It looks like pubes that need to be shaved off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I like a smooth, clean, shaven rug. I don't like fringe on a rug. I'm going to publicly shame anybody. Are who we still does. talking about a rug? <laughs> we are still <laughs> talking about an actual rug. I'm trying to find a rug for this room in, in our house. And and there's just so many rugs with fringe on and it's terrible in every instance. Fringe generally is pretty terrible. Mm. I mean occasionally it's fine on like a flapper dress, I guess, but everything fringe is bad. Fringe <gasps> on jackets, fringe Whoa. festival. Okay. Yeah, yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. Old. Yeah, let's no. go. Let's Gauntlet. go. Gauntlet. Let's go. Oh, holy shit. I'm the anti-fringe right here. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Wow. That's You that's just extremely insulted norm.
7: the <laughs> cast of Nashville.
1: <laughs> 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 you insulted yeah. my dad's coolest jacket from the late 70s which was a leather fringe Jacket that made my mom have a crush on him. <laughs> Bonnie yeah. Rate just. Yeah, Hayden Panettiere. just borrowed her. Yep, dress. yep.
5: Massage. I can't her. wait. Come after me. I hate, But especially fringe on rugs. That is okay. unacceptable. Come for grace,
1: all you fringe heads. Yeah. Come out on, there. fringe heads. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go. Tien is just a Tien guest. Tien is a gat. <laughs> you truly are. Just, it's
6: cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's Point, <reliable>. counterpoint. <laughs> go. All right, Tien. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're I, up. I Oh, I had to, I had to pick up mm-hmm. something, so um, I'm gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna go with. I really don't like shirts with the holes where the sh- shoulders where oh, the shoulders, shoulders should holes. be. Shoulder, yeah, <laughs> because I don't understand it. And I don't get why that's a style that's been chosen. Sexy, sexy. Is it though? (laughs) It's just like those Um, long sleeves that just have, is it called a cold shoulder? It's called a cold shoulder. I didn't
7: even know it had a name. Yeah. (gasps) So you're confused about them or you... I don't like them visually. Okay. Do you mostly not like them on a Fox News host or do you just not like (laughs) them on anybody? Both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I just don't like them on anyone, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I
6: think it's like... You know, here's my theory on that. Okay, I think that
1: fashion has already done all the good stuff that it's going to do. <laughs> like in the 1950s, that was the best fashion, mm. and like there was some stuff in the 70s, uh, like Mary Tyler Moore style clothes. Like that was when fashion I'm with was 100. That was the last this. time it was good. Yes. <laughs> and like there have been some, like uh, Alexander McQueen, like around Y2K, the scary female, like pointy shoulders, wasp-looking stuff was really cool. Yeah. yeah but cool. other than that, there's been no good fashion since the 1950s and maybe the <laughs> 1970s and i think that because they need us to buy shit they're like uh cut the shoulders yeah. what hasn't been
7: around in a while yeah like well, the what opposite of a to? 80s shoulder pad no shoulders no shoulders. yeah 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 Yeah,
1: it's like oh like like they've been trying to foist wide leg pants on us now it's like uh-uh uh. no yeah i tried it i can't do that one yeah. either but i think it's just because fashion has run out of ideas can't okay.
6: yeah. don't stand stand firm i with am me. standing strong with this one yeah yeah I don't want to see your shoulder. Team can. <laughs> I,
5: I don't mind. I don't mind when the cold shoulder shirts um, show a little décolletage because I love décolletage and I like a halter. Uh,
6: sure. Oh sure. yeah. I'm not against I'm I'm pro shoulder showing, mm-hmm. but I I just don't like that there's fabric around and yeah. then, on the, and then the, on the arms and then on the arms. Trying too hard. Trying too hard. So yeah.
1: once you've shown the shoulders, there's no turning back. You show the, you whole, show arm. the whole arm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
7: Yep. That's fair. Okay, Michaela. What hill are you going to die on? My hill is that I started watching the wonderful, um, sort of quirky, d- criminal de- d- murder show, uh, Killing Eve. <gasps> oh, and yeah, that's my favorite. So good. It's great, right? <laughs> Here's my hill. Um, everybody on that is amazing, is stupendous. I, I'm enjoying it in a huge way. Why do murder shows and doctor shows always have a character who is like the, the skeptic. That's <laughs> so, so much a skeptic that they're literally just an obstacle. Like, they're just like, um, you know, I think if we do the transplant through the, you know, nose instead of the foot, and they're just like, ah, get out of here with this bad, terrible idea. And it's like, you're saying this to the surgeon or the detective or the whoever that is like your rogue, you know, out of the box thinker who solves all the cases and saves all the people. And consistently it's somebody being like, Are you crazy? I'm not going anywhere. No, this case is over. This case is closed. I don't want you opening this case and trying to find out who murdered that girl anymore. <laughs> how many episodes how many episodes in are you? I'm like four and a half. Okay. I accidentally okay. fell asleep okay. in the middle of <laughs> one last night. But that
5: character is in every show yeah. and every movie. Every right. show,
7: every doctor show and I'm just like who are you and why are you Mr. Naysayer of <laughs> epic proportions? Who's like, no, don't you even think about going down the road of trying to find out who murdered that young
6: girl. <laughs> it's like, why? I love it. What
7: I love a, why? It. it feels like
1: wasted script. Like, yes. wasted pages. Like, when you're writing a script, you're like, okay, I have to have— Established within one page that these people are in love but can't be together mm-hmm. and then like oh but now I'm going to give a page to a person that's like you can't try to be in love yeah. like, <laughs> like,
7: we need an obstacle okay. well let's just have him arbitrarily just be like no I don't want to have progress
1: <laughs> <laughs> no this
7: story can't continue yeah. but I want it to
1: that's great that's a good hill, to that's, a good on. hill. Yeah. that's a good hill that's a good ubiquitous it's gonna, now it's going to bug me
7: yeah it now is it's going to bug me forever you're just going to see like I'm the chief of this hospital and I can't have you solving <laughs> solving answer <laughs> 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 oh my
1: gosh this is a really fun one grace Tian Michaela. thank you so much for coming to hang out thanks to akila hughes for joining me for the news and there will be more hysteria next week
6: this nation's hot janet but these girls don't fan it one don't take no furniture um girl with a mouth that's overdone right because girls just want to have fun so any get your gun give them a